This episode of The Soda Pod is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That's why Manscaped has been redesigning the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. If you're listening to me speak right now, you're one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the promo code THPN at manscaped.com. Again, the promo code is THPN at manscaped.com. Your balls will Thank you. Welcome to the Soda Pod, ladies and gentlemen. Isha Jerome here, wishing you a happy Easter Monday. Thanks for joining me, wherever you may be listening. Whew, what a week it's been. Uh, I turned 27 years old on the 7th, so this past Tuesday. And uh, man, what a day it was. I took the day off studying. I have a final class that I'm fin- finishing up for university, and I have a few assignments. So took the day off studying. I took the day off. Actually, I didn't take the day off with Hockey Podcast Network duties. I had a few uh, I got to finish up there in the morning, but it was nothing like pressing or, or anything Uh finished off some duties before a nice breakfast that my roommates eh, rather landmates since we live on different sides of this massive property that we're all isolating on together um yeah my birthday was it was great uh kind of just disconnected even more hopped in the the dirty dodge 3500 and uh took (laughs) took some back roads up through the mountains and uh did some alpine hiking had lunch way up high on this sweet lookout spot that to be honest if you didn't have a big truck like there's no way that you could get up there and through some of these trenches that were at the at the summit so um yes that was a great day drank some beers um Threw Laws out the window because we were drinking Claws. Isn't that their White Claws' logo? There ain't no Laws when you're drinking Claws. Something crazy like that. Anyways, I had a massive bonfire, great dinner. Um, Yeah, it was a lot of fun. May have microdosed a bit on (laughs) Mushrooms Biznasty style. Look, my friend's boss gave a bunch to her. They're like 0.15 gram each, I think, or 0.25 gram. I don't even know. I'm not a mushroom user. I'm not a drug user other than the hippie lettuce every now and then. Which, by the way, in isolation, I've cut back so much. Though, <laughs> weed stores here in Canada are still open as an essential service. Too expensive for me there. I, I mean, I'd rather grow it if I'm going to smoke the shit. Um, haven't really found anywhere to... Or haven't really wanted to leave this property much. Because <laughs> it's not, I guess, an essential item for me. So I've, uh, I've cut down. I've been a lot healthier, actually. been running every day, working out. Um... It's just before noon as I record this on Sunday, so my, my new rule is no coffee after noon, so I'm just going to take a quick sippy poo of this. Oh, I'm going off Terry Ryan style. But anyways, back to the, back to the microdosing. Um, one of my landmates, she, uh, well, she got them from a friend for free. And uh, the logo 
or not the logo rather the uh the the description of them is hilarious give me a sec here i i took a picture of it front effects may include good vibes healing clarity of mind shape-shifting telepathy dancing derping flails working through your problems prancerizing and apparently that word is trademarked (laughs) enhanced senses extra senses seeing around corners cool hangs friendship time emotional intelligence multiple personality disorder we don't want that uh solving mysteries uh shamanigans i see what you did there uh face dancing groundedness ninja abilities not suitable for for children as they have all of these already anyways i thought that was pretty funny so uh i don't know took a couple of these around the early afternoon and and then another couple before dinner but that's the thing when you're microdosing i I guess you're just supposed to take you know one and then another one a little bit later and you know just kind of get that extra just clarity in your mind which i you know i've I've researched uh, the positive effects of microdosing uh, some, you know, hallucinogenics in controlled environments um, in regards to treating PTSD and stuff like that in university. And so when when people kind of talk about this clarity of mind, much like uh, Paul Bissonnette does on the Spit and Chicklets podcast, I do tend to to believe that. Though again, I'm not a huge user. Um, I like analyzing other people. I don't like analyzing myself. But I I'm a nerd. I, I took note of the effects and probably should have just stuck with one every uh every you know little bit instead of going uh well two and then two and then two more for good at that point i don't think you're micro anything i think you i think you're just getting fucked up uh had an early night too i was in bed at like 10 30 good sleep up the next day and uh, kept the grind going so that was my birthday you know and i guess i forgot to mention too went mountain biking because in my backyard there's so many trails um and there's nobody around out in beautiful union bay uh bc so there you go. There's a there's a little bit about how my my week went. 2020 is still surely fucked as there is going to be some sad news I I get into a little bit later on on the podcast here, but some good news right off the bat. And I was just scrolling Twitter before recording here running some tests. And uh Stat Central at Stats Stats Center rather at Stats Center on Twitter just tweeted out this and I retweeted from my account at VI Sports Talk. On this day in 1991, the North Stars take a 3-2 lead in their North Division semifinal, which they will win in Game 6 versus the Blackhawks, thanks to a 6-0 shocker at Chicago Stadium. In the process, they tie a record they still share for the most power play goals by a road team in one playoff game. So there you go. Take some pride, Minnesota. Your North Stars dominated the Blackhawks in 1991. Uh, One more quick shout-out here. Minnesota Wild Twitter's own Brett Marshall at B underscore Marsh 92. It was your birthday yesterday on Sunday, sir. Um, just wanted to wish you a happy birthday. This guy's a solid fucking dude and a great, great Twitter follower. Um, great <laughs> Twitter follower. Great Twitter follow. So go check him out. So I have various topics I'm going to get into over the next few weeks, as I've been saying. Um, the earliest I can imagine that we'll have answers to any well, answers to the sports world in regards to the response to COVID-19 and how they're going to proceed with this season or lack thereof. I can't imagine that's going to go down until mid-May, though some media outlets and some sports executives who work in these leagues have been saying May 1st they'll have a decision. I can't imagine. I do imagine that it's going to be closer to June um, than, than early May. So in the meantime, 
speculate, learn, and be entertained, and even join the conversation. You can join our conversation here at the Soda Pod by texting or leaving us a voicemail. It's open to all Minnesota fans and beyond. Um, if you call us, if you text us, we'll, we'll read it on the podcast or feature it. It's a great way to interact, so don't be shy. So give us a shout. 612-324-1684. Again, that's 612-324-1684. And uh, that's brought to you by the Open Phone app. They give you a business phone in an app. Great monthly rates at only 10 bucks a month. So go check them out, the Open Phone app. Now, I didn't get any texts. Well, admittedly, I didn't even check. I probably should have, but usually I get a notification. So anyways... I don't have time for him, for him anyways because uh, we had some activity on Twitter at the Soda Pod. So if everyone interact with us there as well, please do so. And uh, our boy, one of the best and I guess long longest Soda Pod and uh, we'll stick and rink version one, the old podcast that I was a part of, uh, Shane Van Nice at Van Nice Shane, the nicest of Shanes. Uh, he has a question for the Pod: If you could pick any player and sign him for the rest of his career, who would you pick? I mean, it, this is not a cop-out, right? This is an honest answer. Connor McDavid, right? Yeah, I, I, it has to be. He's, he's the best player in the NHL right now. And I know if, you, if you're if you an OG listener of mine, you're like, oh, well, Isha, you always said, Sidney Crosby's the best player in the NHL until he retires. Yes, I, <laughs> I throw that out there. But this is a little bit different. So I'm taking Connor McDavid. He's younger. You know, if the Minnesota Wild want to win now, they need a top center. Connor McDavid, baby. I'll take any top center in the league right now. Come on. Thanks, Shane, for the uh, for the interaction. Um, our guest, actually, on the podcast today left us uh, what well, was commenting on Twitter as well when I tweeted out from the account. Just kind of a call for any subjects that anybody who listens wants uh, wants to get into either on Twitter or wants me to get into here on the podcast. Um, free agency was a topic that our guest, which I'll announce very soon, um, w- you know, wanted wanted to touch on, and we, we talked a little bit about it on Twitter and uh, and a little, and I'm gonna just touch on it quickly here on the podcast. So the list of free agents available right now, I mean, <laughs> right at the top, UFA Miko Rantanen is is tw- you know 23 years old. He's the player that. Any franchise would want to pick, okay? Miko Rantanen, he's he's signing with the Colorado Avalanche, so I kind of just took that out, just took that out of the equation. As far as defense, I mean, the Wild's defense looks really good. They already have a veteran defense, two uh, veteran defenders out there in Spurgeon and uh, and Ryan Suter, so they don't need to sign like a thirty-year-old free agent like Alex Petriangelo. Now, of course, any of these players would be great on on any team. They're 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 awesome players. It just doesn't seem realistic. Uh, in regards to the goaltending, if they are really going to go forward with Capo Kakinen, I, I say that they keep, and I talked about this, I think, last week or the week before, they keep the tandem they have for now until they can maybe move move one and, and get Kakinen's feet wet as not the starter, but uh, maybe a 1A to 1B or a, a bona fide backup in the league. Um, but they do have to see how he starts out again in Iowa. I know he's played well uh, with his time there thus far, but... It's not a huge sample size. It's a great sample size. It's not a huge one. Taylor Hall doesn't seem like he's going to be asking for too much money, and he's just shy of 30 as well. I could go through all the lists. Like some people want Granlund back. Um, yeah, okay, Tory Krug and Tyson Berry, great additions, but our defense is fine. Um, 
like you you move on from the defense to create room to 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 bring in another player like like a top center for example so you could move a Dumba or Brodine to bring in a top center who's probably going to command more money so you need a little bit of that cap space as well I, I don't think you go into free agency thinking that you're going to sign a defenseman if you're the Minnesota Wild I think the the player just by scrolling like the first I don't know the first 25 the first 50 players available here you go with the center and you go with the best center available who's 27 years old in Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I, I truly believe he he's the best option. If you're going to go the free agent route, they need a center. He'd walk into this team and be the top center on this team. He'd give, um, we'd give Stahl, obviously, some easier matchups to, to keep doing his thing as he seems like the ageless wonder at this point. He had an outstanding season last year. It provides a little, I don't want to say youth, but it, it provides a little bit more young blood to this lineup. And I would say that St. Paul's probably an upgrade from Edmonton. This kid's been playing, you know, elite hockey his entire career and major junior career in this, the province of Alberta. Uh, first with in Red Deer with the Rebels, where, he, you know, he had a season or two with Matthew Dumba. So there's a familiarity there anyways, a Canadian connection and, uh, and a WHL connection, a junior connection. And I think it would be a good fit. I mean, we saw this year that that Nuge can play. Well, if you watch the Edmonton Oilers, anyways, Nuge can play. He has a good defensive game as well. And he's not just that scrawny kid who came into the league and scored, I, I believe, just above 50 points, by the way. So the talent is there. He's uh, He was picked first overall. Is he a is he a Sidney Crosby type first overall? McDavid? No, but he's a damn good center. He's playing a third-line role. In um, well, for the most part, anyways, he plays a third line role in Edmonton. Man, make, let's see what this guy can do in a bigger market. And he's not going to break the bank. Like he was making six million dollars before. I can't imagine he's going to go for nine or anything astronomical like that. What seven point five a season? Sign him long term. This kid's not super. In- he's not a kid. This young man, he's my age, <laughs> is uh, is not super injury prone. I-, I don't know. That that seems like if the Wild are going to go after anyone, they should go after. Uh, well, they should go after Ryan Nugent Hopkins. A suggestion was also made that Tyler Toffoli could be uh, a player, but like, do we need another winger? We got Kaprizov coming over. And if they somehow do bring back Galchenyuk, he's going to play on the wing as well. So I, I don't know. I, I really... Th- and Toffoli apparently... I got called out for this a little bit <laughs> earlier today on... Uh, that's a story for another day. Um, apparently he's happy in Vancouver. And that's one of the, the markets that he would 100% uh, want to, to sign with as UFA. Uh, will he? We don't know. Um, has he come out publicly and said that? No, this is just from takes and stuff that I've heard on uh, TSN radio and those connected to, to the Vancouver Canucks. And I believe even Pearson said that, like, uh, Tanner Pearson, former, well, I guess he's a teammate at Foley with the Canucks, and he was with... L, with the LA Kings as well um, he, he came out and, and actually said that like he did enjoy his time in Vancouver or he did enjoy playing with the Vancouver Canucks and uh, and would definitely consider playing with them moving forward it's a cap game right now as we don't even know what the salary cap is going into next season we don't even know if there's going to be any like complimentary buyouts or any sort of benefits for teams as they, you know the cap was projected to go up so anyways um, I've been going off about this topic long enough. We have a lot to get to here on the Soda Pod. So it's going to be a longer episode. Now that we're not doing two episodes a week, folks, expect like 
an hour, an hour and a 20 minutes, maybe even an hour and a half coming out here for some days. Now, I'm always going to kind of aim for that hour mark, but I don't want to cut guests short off anymore. And usually when I brought guest segments on, uh, when we were doing uh, just, you know, the regular Monday episode guest segment, I try to either include them in the entire podcast, so all the conversations we were having, or keep it, you know, 20 to 30 minutes max so that we could devote a good chunk of time to talking about the Minnesota Wild, some of their games, etc., you know, with everything going on right now and the network adapting to just this way and presenting content to honestly just make sure that our hosts are all keeping uh, mentally healthy as well, but continuing to do what they love here. It's just some more pre- preparation time and the opportunity for them to reach out to people and bring on great guests, uh, well, like I have done here on this episode and in episodes to come. First, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors before we give the show rundown. The rest of the show rundown, I imagine, what, good chunk, like 10, 15 minutes already have gone off here. Again, Terry Ryan style. Just got my last cup of coffee and I got the jitters. Uh, shout out to Manscaped, folks. Promo code THPN gets you 20% off your next purchase. Unbelievable products by Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Uh, Southern Scholars Premium Men's Dress Socks. We have a contest going on at HockeyPodNet. If you like, if you follow Southern Scholars in the network and retweet the post, you'll get entered into a contest where Southern Scholars will treat you to uh, their monthly subscription box, and it's it's unbelievable stuff. You don't just get socks; you get a ton of other cool uh, cool merch there as well. So thanks to our friends at Southern Scholars. Promo code THPN as well gets you a deal upon checkout. And finally, cool hockey coolhockey.com slash THPN. Please go to that URL, folks, and then with whatever purchase, type in the promo code THPN and you'll receive up to 35% off on various promotions with Cool Hockey. Uh, Thanks to everyone who participated in our Cool Hockey at HockeyPodNet contest. The winner was announced yesterday on Easter and um, and we thank everyone for, for participating. We're going to do more of these uh, this well in the last few months of this quote-unquote season, our first season here at the Hockey Podcast Network and the Soda Pod. Um, we're going to keep doing some contests for the remainder of this podcast season and into the summer. Quick note on summer, uh, regular scheduled episodes are going to come to a halt. However, if I if news comes up, if I feel like podcasting, I'm going to post it. And I'll, and I'll preview it on Twitter, but uh, just keep checking your feed. Don't uns- unsubscribe because season two will come closer than you think. I guarantee it. So rest of the show, we got some news in the hockey world. We got our guest segment with Neil Villapiano of ESPN 610. And we're going to get into a little bit of the poll question, the results from last week. Great, great participation on the poll question last week. Thanks to everyone who commented because that's what we love and who and who voted and, and shared it and whatnot. So we'll, we'll get into just some of the uh, the comments on that uh, last week's poll question to wrap up and then introduce this week's poll question, which I posted prior to jumping on the podcast here. And uh, the poll question is, is Miko Koivu a Hall of Famer? A simple yes or no, but I'd love to hear your explanation. I think I know what the consensus answer is because I think it aligns with my thoughts. But uh, but Neil Villapiano, man, he he made a good case. Or uh, you can argue if it was a good case or not. He made a respectable case. We'll say that, Neil. Um, about what, why he actually thinks Miko Koivu should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. 
Uh, Neil's a, a New Jersey guy, but he actually loves the Wild, loves the, the Wild's jersey and logo. And former player Ryan Carter, because he played for the Devils and the Wild, um, and, he, and he loves the San Jose Sharks too. So this guy's a hockey fan, much like me, over just a particular market. Because as you folks know, I live and was uh, born and grew up in Western Western Canada, the west coast of Canada, as far west as you can get on Vancouver Island. So obviously the Canucks have a special place in my heart. But I love hockey, the sport. I love the NHL, the league, over any particular market. I'm the first one to attack Canucks Twitter and be like, yo, chill out. Both bending haters and bending bros. You both suck at times. Um, well, I'm not perfect either, but anyways. And, and I love this team, the Minnesota Wild, and franchise. Um, I haven't been to the city, but from what I've seen and heard, I mean, I, I, I love this city. I can't wait. Granted, it actually goes on next year to go to the high school state championship and uh, and shack up with the boys of the 10,000 Takes podcast. How are you? Um, oh, I, I'm so excited. So, um, Neil, Neil was a great guest, and I'm excited to bring that to you later in the show. But let's get into segment one. I guess it's might as well be segment two, as we've gone on for 20 minutes already here. Um, some news around the hockey world. So as you can probably tell, I'm drinking coffee, as, well, as I already told you as well, not uh, not any soda right now. It's Well, now it's 12.02. Hold on, I got to down this thing. Woo! All right, let's get into it. Um, Yeah, no sodas yet. <laughs> I'm just going to say my landmate. My landmate, Braden from Callwood, now Braden from Union, Union Bay, he, uh, he's kept, he's knocked on my door a little bit ago and was like, yo, it's Sunday fun day. We got no laws because we got some claws. Get out here. I told him, hold on, man. I got to get this podcast up and, and running before I grab some some soda. So I think it's it's white claws on the menu today. And I'll give a good cheers again to, to our boy, uh, Brett Marshall. But let's get into, uh, well, actually, let, let's get into some NHL and hockey news and it's, it's a serious right turn here because I hadn't had time to, to touch on, on this platform anyways, the Keandre Miller New York Rangers live Q&A on Zoom. Wow. I, I was one of the first ones on the network just because I was doing some, I think some prep anyways for, for the soda pod. And I was one of the first ones to kind of bring this up in our Slack and be like, wow, like I, I can't believe this is happening right now. I'm, I'm not going to spend too much time on it. I'm not going to give the person involved who apparently, you know, the FBI is actually uh, trying to trace down right now. Probably already have. We just haven't heard the news story yet. I, I was just disgusted and I don't want to give this person any more, I don't know, give them any more fame, ignite their, their few seconds of infamy. Um, but, but you're a piece of shit if you still think that way. And I'm politically, I don't care if you're conservative. I don't care if you're, if you're, uh, um, democratic i don't care if you're in the center i don't care if you're religious non none of that matters to me if you're a good person if you, you know that that's the only way i judge a human you know if you can have some empathy if you can even if your ideals don't align even if hey you were brought up in uh in an environment where maybe some ideals that i find disgusting or are just kind of imprinted in in your makeup at least be tactful, at least have the wherewithal to just keep that fucking inside and be a, uh, 
again, a good a good citizen. Because that's what it means to be a good American and Canadian, right? It, it kills me to see. It really does. And I get trolls. This is not trolling. This is 100% abuse. 100% abuse. It's not funny. It was never funny. There was never a time when this was funny. I'm glad that the New York Rangers finally made a statement about this. I believe it took too long. And don't get me wrong. I'm 100% I'm positive that right when this went down, they reached out to Keandre and showed his support to, to him, his family, just to the whole situation. I, I have no doubt. But I wish, because, the, because of the simplicity of the statement, I wish it was out just a little bit sooner. I have no issues with the statement at all. Uh, the New York Rangers said, We held an online video chat with fans and during the New York Rangers prospect, Keandre Miller, during which a vile individual hijacked, hijacked the chat and post racial slurs, which we disabled as soon as possible. We were incredibly appalled by this behavior, which had no place online, on the ice, or anywhere, and we were investigating the matter. So it, I stuttered through that. I don't know why. It's a small font. I had to like, lift my glasses up. Um... Uh, fine statement, a great statement in, in my opinion. I just think it should have come out six hours earlier. Th that's all. And then the NHL followed with a statement as well, which uh, I, I thought was great. Um, the NHL, the National Hockey League is appalled that a video call arranged today by the New York Rangers to introduce their fans to one of their league's incoming stars, who they just signed, by the way, Keandre Miller, was hacked with racist, cowardly taunts. The person who committed this despicable act is in no way an NHL fan and is not welcome in the hockey community. No one deserves to be subjected to such ugly treatment, and it will not be tolerated in our league. We join the Rangers in condemning this disgusting behavior. Now, that's a powerful statement from the league, so I uh, I applaud uh, the National Hockey League and NHL public relations on that one. It was his face too, man. And girl, guys, gals. It was his fucking face. Because clearly the person asking the questions was like reading off her notepad or something and didn't see this or maybe didn't have access to it. But man, when his eyes took a, a look at the chat, it just, it broke my heart. It fucking broke my heart. And that's, that's, that's all I'm going to talk about in regards to, uh, to that topic. And man, talk about sad segues. Fuck. I'm like almost tearing up right here. Heart. Talk about being heartbroken. Uh, Colby Cave, a former Boston Bruin and a current player in the Edmonton Oilers system. Shit, man, he he was he's an Edmonton Oiler. He played a lot of games with them. He he underwent emergency surgery on Tuesday. <laughs> Funny enough, my birthday to remove a a colloid cyst that caused bleeding in his brain. He was in a medically induced coma for a few days up up uh, until that surgery, and and he didn't make it. And I'm getting emotional here just because, man, this year has been a tough one, both in just my personal life and just with, you know, this air of uncertainty with this virus going around. And uh, like on, on New Year's, I was greeted with pain and that a friend of mine almost almost died in, in a really bad car accident. And it was just a lot to bring bring in the New Year with. And, um, and just seeing some of the pictures of Colby and, his, and you know, in his... 
his girl in the hospital. It just brought back that that moment where I visited my friend in the ICU where we thought he wasn't going to make it. Miraculously, he did, and it's killing me right now that Colby didn't. Um, he's younger than me, 25 years old, and I usually can hold it together when I when I read these type of things and, and, and present them on the podcast. Um, sometimes I choose not to, but I'm an emotional guy, and this just, a wave just hit me. You know, as as it's as simple as that. So, condolences from the entire hockey podcast network, and uh, and us here at the Soda Pod for for his for his family and the NHL world has has been tremendous in in response to this. So, so as hard as it was to take that turn into this devastating pe- these two devastating pieces of news, um, we're gonna get positive here and we're gonna talk a little bit about the Minnesota Wild. A great tweet that was shared, and uh, I shared it on the Soda Pod as well. If you were creating Kirill Kaprizov in NHL 20, what would you put as his overall rating and potential? Um, we had some actually good feedback on this one. I, I believe uh, I believe Dan Bradley commented. Let me let me find it here. Where is it? So Dan Bradley commented 82 overall top six high potential now that's pretty dead on dan which by the way just scrolling through twitter it's your birthday too here on sunday happy birthday dan bradley voice of the uh the minnesota mullets and uh, an outstanding hockey guy and sports guy for that matter uh he was on a on the podcast a few episodes back so go check that out um so we're pretty much dead on i'd say top six high potential i I say 83 coming in you score 40 50 points in the khl you deserve 83 coming in in the national hockey league um (laughs) man neil villapiano our guest this week is is such a huge just fan of the network and the soda pod as well as being an outstanding hockey and sports mind in his own right so he's key he admittedly, he comments on everything, and it's awesome. He said 78 overall. That's too low, Neil, but potential 95. The kid has the the ability to be a dynamic player for years to come. I mean, I agree with that, and I think the whole uh, Minnesota Wild market agrees with that as well. Man, I'm stoked for Kirill Kaprasov. I am so pumped. This kid, I've been seeing on Twitter, some people are like, are like oh, like, do you think he's going to be a bust? No, he ain't going to be a bust. Even if he only ends up being a, like a, a 20 to 25 goal score, 40 to 50 point mark, that ain't a bust. It's a good player, and the Minnesota Wild need those type of players on this team anyways. So I hope he has superstar potential, but I know he's going to come into the league and be a 83 type player. Moving right along to some uh, international hockey news. Huge congratulations to Florence Schieling. Wow. Former Swiss national team goaltender, Florence Schieling was named the general manager of Switzerland's uh, SC Bern. She's the first woman to be named general manager of a men's pro hockey team. That's unbelievable. The first woman to earn the the post for a top-level men's club uh, position anywhere worldwide. And... She, she's done so at the impressive age of 31 years old. Two years removed, ladies and gentlemen, from retiring as a professional hockey player. Um, she already has a, a little bit of off-ice experience coaching a Swedish women's pro club and the Swiss women's junior national team. Um, she, her attention to detail, which is kind of her stick, 
uh, made was made popular in goaltending circles thanks to the meticulous blog she kept logging her stats improvements over the years. This makes her a tremendous choice for a general manager. And uh, that that quote there in regards to her blog, um, her her blogging and taking note of her stats and improvements was from the article which I found this story uh, by Kat Silverman, formerly of the Athletic, now SB Nation Mile High Hockey. Uh, continue to, to follow this storyline as I, I know the Swiss League is far below that of the National Hockey League. But at only, what, 31 years old? Even if... If she made a name for herself, going far with the team as a general manager in this league, moves up to even like the SHL. Hey, North America, they're going to be keeping tabs. So keep following this story. It's awesome. And I'm very, very excited for Florence. So every week here uh, on the so these last three weeks, anyways, I'm like, okay, we'll talk about the signings. We'll talk about some of their signings, and uh, I keep going long with interviews. And, and don't get me wrong, this interview is long too, so this is gonna be a longer episode. But uh, I do want to get into one. I uh, will start with the NCAA, and there are a few more prospect signings. I'm gonna go through one of them on each episode over the next uh, couple weeks. There's, there's a couple more to get into. We'll start with college. Mitchell Chafee. Mitchell Chafee, 22 years old played uh what was it how many years three years for umass amherst and uh played very well i mean first season as a as a freshman 24 points and 13 goals so the kid can shoot the puck second season in 40 games played over a point per game with 18 goals and 42 points plus 21 and he's disciplined out there as well despite putting up 33 penalty minutes and this year, in 2019-20, as the captain for UMass, 16 goals, 29 points in 30 games. So pretty much a point-per-game player in the NCAA. He's played for some awesome teams in his development as well. Uh, the HPHL U16, he played for the Honey Baked U16 and then the Honey Baked U18 uh, team in, in 2014-15. In the USHL, he played for the Bloomington Thunder and uh, the Fargo Force. I was watching as much film as I could on this player prior to coming on the podcast here. And uh, and he's good. He, he's really good. And I love watching film that aren't highlights. You know, just gameplay. And I, and I found some gameplay uh, of, of Mitch Pooh here. Uh, he's very strong on the puck. So the, just with one hand on the puck and kind of contorting his body in a way where he can still you know have a have a decent stride and, and not hurt himself but kind of hunched over protecting the puck he evaded two guys and one and one of them actually checking him pretty hard um almost looked like a hook from the player he was uh, crowded him he, he was crowded over him so much um Mitch didn't end up getting a shot on net but he did bring the puck close to the net so I thought that that was a a, a very well a very strong play and Upon watching more film on him and just, you know, admittedly some highlights, but also just some gameplay, um, he, he's been able to do that a few times, even just in some of the film that I watched. Now, I take that with a grain of salt because obviously people are going to throw together highlights, the, the the good of the player rather than the bad and the ugly. Um, but he's very strong on the puck. He's got a smooth skating ability. I wouldn't say that it's north-south, you know, quick. Um, but it's very smooth and he, and he can control the play offensively anyways um because he has great vision 
like he's passed the puck in 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 ways that I didn't even expect when I was watching. I was like, okay, this is how the play is going to ensue. He's in the corner looking for the man in the slot. No, there's like a quick change up and 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 mid change kind of passes the puck behind him or gets into the position, just stares down his man and is able to just a whoop right through his legs to, to his man in the slot as well. So he's able to make, you know, those dynamic plays that, that people expect, but that are lethal, like to the open man in the slot, but also kind of some unorthodox things as well. So anyways, I think he's a good signing, 22 years old, great points in college, um, the HL is going to try, well, Iowa anyways is going to hope, the Minnesota Wild is, are, are going to hope that, you know, some of the players there make this Minnesota Wild team, or at least are, you know, the regular call-ups um, next season for the Minnesota Wild when, when injuries occur and, and whatnot. And you always need more youth to your American League roster. And hey, I think this guy's a great addition. Speaking of the NCAA, I want to give a big shout-out to Alex Newhook. He wins the Tim Taylor Award as Best Rookie of the NCAA uh, Alex is a great guy. He's a friend of the Hockey Podcast Network. He actually appeared on my old podcast, the first rendition of Stick and Rink and Radio Show, um, multiple times. Uh, I had the pleasure of watching him live all the time, playing for the Victoria Grizzlies of the BCHL. And, man, we're going to get him on the Soda Pod soon, and I imagine he'll be on uh, the, the boys at Offside by a mile soon as well probably just making the rounds right now as this kid is the real deal 16th overall to the Avs and I remember early in his BCHL career people are like calling him out on Twitter being like oh the BCHL like I played in that league you know I've, I've been able to do highlight um well I've been able to perform highlight real plays like this as well consistently shut the fuck up 66 points in his rookie season with the BCHL 22 goals his second season 102 points 38 goals in 53 games. So not only can this kid score, because in Boston College he put up 19 goals. He's an assist machine and he's a very very flashy player. He can play center or the wing. Honestly, I saw him play wing in the playoffs for the for the Victoria Grizzlies. He put up 11 goals and 24 points in 15 games. 42 points for Boston College this year in 34 games. How freaking are you? This Newfoundland kid is the real deal. Oh man, did the Colorado Colorado Avalanche get an absolute steal in the draft last year? Bowen Byron with their first first round pick, and then Alex Newhook. He led Boston College in points. He led them in points. He led them in goals. Well, he's tied in goals. He's tied in points too. But screw it, we're gonna throw that on top because he's a plus twenty fucking eight. And hey, Matthew Boldy. Minnesota Wild prospect started on a line, I believe it was like the third line with Alex Newhook early in this season. And Alex was the one who was 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 the better player on the line 100%. I still argue he's the better player between the two. But Boldy really came to life towards the end of the season, the later half of the season. Nine goals, 17 assists for 26 points. He was a plus player as well with 16. Um, and I imagine he's going to just take another step next year. Jack McBain also had a pretty good season, a Minnesota Wild prospect on, in Boston as well. Uh, 21 points, 5 goals in 34 games. The third rounder in the 2018 draft. Um, definitely a, a huge step forward in his NCAA career, only putting up 13 points last season. Um, 21, that, that's a great jump, and I'm um, excited to see what he does next season. Uh, follow us on Twitter at VI Sports Talk and, of course, at the Soda Pod. The best thing you, you can do today is rate and review the network and the shows you like. Um, even if the review is ridiculous, 
Uh, it helps us stay on the sports charts. A reminder, we have a poll question at the Soda Pod. Writing's encouraged, so please, please explain yourself. Uh, the Soda Pod's a product of the Hockey Podcast Network, and it is brought to you by Southern Scholars Men's Premium Socks. We have a contest going on, so go check that out at HockeyPodNet. Use promo code THPN for a wicked deal. You can use that same promo code at CoolHockey.com slash THPN. That's the link. Don't don't forget to put slash THPN and then type in the promo code THPN for a wicked deal. Up to 35% off merchandise. You can also use the promo code THPN at our friends at Manscaped.com for 20% off a brand new 3.0 electric razor. Your balls will thank you. All right. Time to bring on our guest. Neil Villapiano of ESPN 610 and voice of the Jersey Shore Whalers. He was cooking like mad yesterday. A big Italian Easter dinner, which, by the way, apparently rabbit is the the meat of choice during during Easter for uh, for Italians. Again, my my landmate, he's Italian, and okay, one quick story before I bring Neil on. His partner, um, my other landmate. Uh, her family's Dutch, and she said that her dad had a, a pet rabbit, actually. And on Easter, um, the rabbit went missing. Um, and uh, they, you know, had their Easter dinner and whatever. And he and, and and found out that his mom, who had made sure that he fed this rabbit all, you know, all all two years of its life or whatever it was, um, fed him nice. The mom took the rabbit and cooked it for Easter dinner. So apparently, it's a Dutch thing too, Neil. I don't know. Give me some feedback at the Soda Pod at VI Sports Talk. Let's throw it to Villa Piano himself. Thanks again, Neil. This was awesome. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by one of, uh, well, one of both the Hawk Podcast Network and the Soda Pod's greatest supporters. He works for ESPN 610 as, uh, well, North and Central Jersey reporter. He's the play-by-play man for the Jersey Whalers of the USPHL. He's worked for local New Jersey television as well as sports franchises like the Brooklyn Nets. It gives me great pleasure to introduce Neil Villapiano to the Soda Pod. How's it going, Neil? Thanks for making some time for us today. I'm doing great, man. And I, you know, I've been, I've been a huge supporter, as you mentioned, a huge supporter of, uh, you know, just the the Soda Pod and also just the Hockey Network podcast in general. I, I love it. I love listening to it. Uh, it's been a good way for me to uh, keep myself occupied during these uh, difficult times with the COVID nineteen situation. But I'm I'm really excited that uh, you you guys are giving me this opportunity to come on. It's uh, it's it's truly an honor. Oh, thank you so much. Um, before we jump into some hockey and sports talk, I mean, how are you doing with everything going on both in, in your country and just in the world as a whole? Are, are you doing any work from home? And if not, how, how are you keeping yourself busy and sane? Those are some good questions. Uh, you know, first of all, you know, living in New Jersey, it's been one of the more talked about states in the United States when it comes to dealing with COVID-19. Uh, our, uh, our governor, uh, Governor Murphy, has done a very good job, in my opinion. Uh, there's still obviously, still obviously some work to be done, but he has been doing a very good job of, of helping out people in New Jersey and figuring out ways to, you know, end this virus. And I think he's done a good job of, uh, you know, being in contact with New York and, you know, staying strong together. Uh, I think that uh, our state has been doing a very good job 
so far, our, our numbers are going down uh, with new cases are going down uh, ever so slowly. So that's a very big positive. Um, and then to answer, uh, I am working at home. I've been working at home since this, uh, this quarantine began. I, uh, you know, started up the YouTube channel. I started up the podcast and everything. And I was, uh, you know, and, I've, and it's been going very well. I've been, I've been enjoying it. You know, I, you know, with the obviously, you know, the pause in sports, it allows me to uh, have a little bit more focus on these things and find creative topics to discuss. And I, and you know, it's, it's been really good. And, uh, you know, other than that, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos, um, obviously listening to you guys, you know, doing other things like that. So, so far things are going well. Um, you know, our country is still slowly but surely getting better. And uh, hopefully within the next couple of months, we can really, uh, you know, bite this uh, disease in the butt and, uh, you know, try to get back to some form of a normal life. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned it there. I know you recently started a podcast and YouTube channel, uh, the Mofo Bone Network uh, yeah. podcast. And I'll, I'll get you to run that down later in this, uh, in this talk here. But sure. let, let's turn back the clocks a bit here, Neil. What is your connection to sports? And where did your love for hockey first arise? Because right before we started recording here, you, you, well, you enlightened me and told me that hockey is actually your favorite sport yeah. and that you actually have a, a very uh, a cool story about a, a, a well, a former New Jersey Devil and a uh, former Minnesota Wild player who uh, is going to be making an appearance on the podcast yeah. soon. Yeah, no, um, th- those are some those are some great questions. Uh, to answer the the first part about sports, well, I mean, sports has been in my life my pretty much my entire life. Uh, my uncle Phil Villapiano played in the National Football League for about a decade plus with the Oakland Raiders. He did win a Super Bowl in Super Bowl eleven, and he was a uh, very well-known player for the Raiders back in the 70s. He's very well-known in New Jersey. And, and basically, you know, NFL Films really enjoys him. They have him on all the time. So he's very well-known. And, uh, you know, growing up with, you know, my family and my parents, you know, they were big, you know, sports fans, baseball, basketball, football, you know, hockey and everything. And when it came to hockey, you know, the story about how I got into it kind of goes around the year 2006 when the Devils were in the playoffs against the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, I had watched games before, but this was the first time that I really, really got into it. And since that point, I became a huge fan of the Devils because, you know, you try to represent your hometown teams. And also, you know, I just grew and grew so much love for the sport to the point where I actually tried to play hockey and I ended up becoming a goalie and played uh, about a year and change in high school uh, playing as a goalie. And, um, you know, I keep, uh, I keep the puck from my first ever win as a goalie, uh, as one of my uh, memorabilia things on my shelf. Cool, so man. I kind of um, kind of keep with it. But ever since that point, I have tried to learn everything and anything about the sport, about, you know, not just the NHL, but hockey all over the world. I've done so many things. I've been fortunate enough to work in business of hockey, and, th- and that's great. I've had the pleasure of meeting, a, you know, many different people who, you know, work for NHL teams and things like that. So it's it's been it's been great. It, it's really been great. And, uh, you know, if I were to go back, would I change anything? Absolutely not. I would not change anything about, you know, how I came to know hockey, how I came to know sports. Um, it has been a blessing for me in my short 22 years of, of life. And I'm looking forward, forward to it continuing to be a big part of my life for uh, many years to come. Um. Before we move on here, I have to say, you're in, reinforcing the stereotype out here in Canada anyways of uh, Jersey being at Italy 2.0 with that last name, I, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, it's funny how, you know, 
I, I'm impressed that you were able to pronounce my last name correctly on the first try because usually people kind of don't know how to uh, really say the last name. You know, usually, you know, some people might screw it up and everything. But, um, you know, it's, it, it's true that Jersey is known to be a big, uh, big state when it comes to having a lot of uh, Italian-Americans and just Italians in general. You know, I've, I've had the fortunate thing to have most of my Italian side of my family all living in the same area. So I get to see them all the time. And, you know, I'm, I'm learning about my, 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 uh, my family history and, and, you know, the Italian culture. I'm actually later on today, I'm going to be learning how to uh, cook some of the uh, old Italian Easter dishes that my family has done for many, many uh, generations. So I'm looking forward to doing that uh, later on today. But yeah, I mean, it's uh it's not, it's not that much of a surprise that that's a stereotype. I mean, we, we could go on probably and have a whole just podcast segment about food. I mean, I, I'm half Persian and I'm a huge cook and I've uh, adopted a lot of the recipes that yeah. my dad used to cook for, for us growing up here. And uh, I, I mean, in regards to pronouncing the name, my best friend who I'm actually living with right now in, in, in isolation is Italian. So I'm a little Ooh. versed in being able to pronounce the last okay. names there. And for someone who has his name as Isha Jaromi, um, I, I try to do my due diligence to pronounce everyone else's names right as uh, well. Everyone seems to always butcher my name, but no worries, no worries. Um, all right, uh, quickly, uh, tell us a bit about um, just your love for the, the player Ryan Carter. Now, I've been in contact Ooh. with him, and we're going to bring him on the soda pod soon. But right yeah. before going, right before uh, recording this, uh, you told me a cool story about, uh, well, y- your love for that player as both a fan of the Minnesota Wild and the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, so, um, you know, Ryan Carter came to the Devils, I think, in the 2011-2012 season. And, you know, this is when I was really kind of at the peak of really watching the Devils on a a game-to-game basis and really, you know, learning as much as I could. And it kind of started with a game in the middle of the season when the Devils were playing the, uh, obviously, our rival, the New York Rangers, at Madison Square Garden. And Ryan Carter continuing to be that same consistent player. So, you know, yeah, he became... One of the first players in the NHL that I really kind of, uh, I really kind of fell in love with, to be honest. That's awesome to hear, man. Um, all right, let's. Uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about your work with the USPHL. Um, yeah. so, so tell us a little bit about the team that you work with and your experience doing play-by-play for the Jersey Shore Whalers. As you probably know, I recently had Dan Bradley, voice of the Minnesota Mullets, on the program, and Ooh. he had nothing but great things to say about the league. Yeah. Well, first of all, the USPHL is one of the best uh, American hockey leagues for, for young players, for junior players that you can find. I mean, I know that a lot of people talk about the OHL and the WHL and the QMJHL is like the, um, excuse me, the, um, the big leagues when it comes to uh, junior development. But if you're a kid playing in the United States and you're trying to find ways to get yourself noticed more, whether you're playing in high school or trying to get more footage to maybe play in college, Going to the USPHL is a is a huge recommendation. It gives you so much exposure. All the games are on HockeyTV.com, so all these kids get an opportunity to be, you know, on you know internet TV and get noticed all the time and get talked about it. And it's great, you know. It's it's such a joy to um, to be a part of it. And you know, for me, uh, I just completed my third season with the Jersey Shore Whalers, who play in the USPHL and the. Uh, I think they call it like the Northeast or, you know, Metro division, whatever area of the USPHL. And uh, it's been great. You know, I'm, uh, I do the color commentating and cameras. So I kind of do, uh, I kind of do a, uh, I kind of multitask every game. So not only do I analyze the game, but I also do the camera as well to kind of, uh, you know, do more than 
one thing I work along with my my good partner and my best friend and uh, Jimmy Finizzi, who's a great guy. Uh, he does the game super well. And, uh, you know, working for Tom Rue and, you know, just uh, and Jay and everyone with the Jersey Shore Whalers. And again, if you're a kid out there listening and you're trying to find a league, you know, not just playing in high school, but if you're looking for a league to help you get more exposure, if you can find a USPHL team nearby that you can play for, please do so because I can almost guarantee you that you will get a lot more exposure you will get noticed more and it will help your game because you are going up against some of the best players in the country and some of the best players in the world because we have guys come from across the across from Europe to come play. And so you're dealing with some of the best of the best and it's giving you an opportunity to really develop your game. So, yeah, you know, it's been great. And uh, I'm excited for the future with the USPHL as well as the Jersey Shore Whalers. Dude, that's unbelievable. Um, I work for a junior B team out here doing play-by-play and color commentary color commentary as well and I couldn't imagine doing you know those type of tasks and working the camera I mean we had to find a guy to help us out with the camera work because there's just too much going on so that's that's truly outstanding yeah and in regards to the Jersey Shore Whalers as well awesome logo too by the way I'm not sure if it beats that of the uh, of the mullets but mm-hmm. uh, but but I love it I love it nonetheless uh, let's yeah. move on to some NHL talk Sure. Upon last summer's acquisitions of Nikita Gusev, P.K. Subban, and of course Jack Hughes, were your expectations for the New Jersey Devils as high as those set by the hockey world? Because I personally at least thought that they would be a wild card team this season. Oh. Uh, yeah, you know, a lot of people have asked me this question. Uh, you know, I can honestly say that my expectations were probably about the same that most other people. I definitely believe that Ray Shiro, who now unfortunately is the former GM, um, had put the team in the best position to become a playoff contender. Uh, there was just one problem. Uh, John Hines was still the head coach. Uh, I never liked John Hines from the get-go. I did not like the hiring. I felt that he was not uh, an NHL coach, and I think he kind of proved that. I know people want to defend him and say, oh, well, he took the Devils to the playoffs in 2018. Well, the reality is, is that the Devils won in spite of him. What he really did that really irritated myself, and I think he irritated a lot of Devils fans, was that he made this team okay to not shoot the puck. They would pass the puck more than any other team I would ever see, and it drove me nuts. And so I was finally happy in December of this past year that Ray Shiro finally decided to let him go. Unfortunately, it was way too late, and the Devils, uh, unfortunately, got put, uh, just kind of regressed. And you could tell right from the first game, you go up four, you go up four nothing. Four nothing against the Winnipeg Jets late in the second period. You give up a goal at the end. Corey Schneider gets hurt, and then all of a sudden the Devils blow a three goal, basically a four goal lead, and lose in a shootout. And that was just a, a microcosm of what things were going to happen as the season progressed. And you could tell. So I'm sure John Hines is a great person, and I hope he and his family are doing very well. Don't get me wrong, but he wasn't. Go, he wasn't going to become a good NHL head coach. I'm shocked that he got a job with the, with the Predators as soon as he did. And the Predators are not doing that much better with him as opposed to you know, Pierre Laviolette, which is still amazing to me that they fired him. But that's, that's a story for another day. The reality is, is this. I did have high expectations. I felt that adding P.K. Subban, adding Nikita Gusev, adding you know, other guys like that, adding Jack Hughes, was going to put this team back in a playoff contention. But in reality, it wasn't. It just wasn't that way, and I think it was primarily because of the fact that John Hines was still the head coach, and he was still trying to drive his system down these players' throats and make them play a style of hockey that's not good. Now, 
Is Elaine Nasruddin any better? I mean, he's done a better job considering the position that he is, but I still don't think he is necessarily the best fit for the Devils moving forward. And I think if you were to ask me what I would like to see from the Devils' next head coach, the two guys that really stand out to me are are Peter Laviolette and Gerard Gallant because both of those guys have proven that they can win. You look at Peter Laviolette, that man has brought in two teams to the Stanley Cup Finals and won a cup with the Carolina Hurricanes. By the way, they're only Stanley Cup in their history. And then you look at Gerard Gallant, he goes to Vegas and that team becomes a Stanley Cup contender right from day freaking one. They are in the Stanley Cup Finals in their first year and they had a great series against the San Jose Sharks the next year. And they have, and unfortunately, before we, before we had this whole, um, you know, hiatus in this COVID-19 pandemic, they were in a position to, you know, be in the playoffs and be one of the top seeds. Now, obviously, they surprisingly let go of Gallant, and that really threw me off. But it seems like it's worked out since they brought in uh, their former enemy in uh, Peter DeBoer. And that kind of that shows you. But, I, but those two guys, in my opinion, would be, the best guys for the uh, the future of that Devils team. And, and I look at him and I say, look, you got a guy like Nikita Gusev who now that he's had almost a full year under his belt in the NHL, this guy has the makings to become a 30 to 40 goal scorer. This guy is unbelievably talented. This is the most talented guy skill-wise I've seen the Devils have since Ilya Kovalchuk. That's wow. how talented this Damn. guy is. He, he's the magician. His nickname on the team is the magician for, the re, for a reason. He is that good. And with the younger players that the Devils have, they have Nico Heischer, they have Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt, they have Mackenzie Blackwood in the fold. They have guys that they just got in Nolan Foote and Kevin Ball and Nick Merkley and, and other guys like that. They get, they get those guys developed the right way. This team can become not only a playoff contender eventually, but, a, but also a Stanley Cup contender if they do it properly. And so as much as I'm disappointed with the way the season has gone, I am very much optimistic and positive about looking forward to where the Devils are going to be next year. But it has to start with who do you have as the GM? I would love. I think Tom Fitzgerald is the man. I think he's ready to, ready to be a GM, and I think that he would be the best candidate for the Devils. And for head coach, those two guys I mentioned, unless that there's another guy that's going to wow me, those would be the two guys I would like to see. But I think if you're a Devils fan and you're listening to this, be positive because I think the future is bright considering what the Devils have. No, I mean, I, I would have to agree. Even with the loss of Taylor Hall this year, this, this team is still very young. They're still very talented. And I personally have liked Nikita Gusev from what I've seen from afar. 44 points, 13 goals in 66 games played is nothing to just, you know, turn your head at. And, and you said there's a ton of young talent on this team as well. And if, it, if it's all kind of attributed to the coach and, and the style of play that he was trying to implement out coming out of the gates, that, that makes a lot of sense. Because even on the back end, you look at a P.K. Subban. In Nashville, he was surrounded by defensive defenders and he was able even to, to, to work a little bit. And you can say the same thing as far as his time in Montreal, especially when he developed with, uh, with Markov. So I think those are all good points. And uh, just to highlight to any other general hockey fans or, or those who strictly just follow the Minnesota Wild who listen to us, I think you brought some good points there. Because... The, the Devils roster is still fine and it's still budding. It's still developing. And I wouldn't say that this season um, is what is the true colors of what this team is. Um, talking a little bit more about the New Jersey Devils, why is the market so disappointed with Pavel Zaka? I mean, this kid has not had a talented team around him to develop around. And maybe talented team is not the right term, but 
um, I guess a lot of veterans to develop around. And furthermore, he's only 22 years old. I mean, those saying yeah. he's a bona fide bus seems to be letting their emotions get the better of him. I mean, Jake for in the Vancouver Canucks market is a good comparison and a good example. He was a high pick. He developed in the NHL predominantly, and he's finally putting up points this season. Uh, you know, points that the Canucks fans expected to see. And I mean, a Minnesota example, Luke Cunning comes to mind, though he's played fewer Ooh. NHL games than that of a Pavel Zaka. His developmental trajectory is kind of the same. So um, I-, I know you not only follow the New Jersey Devil and we're going to talk about more hockey topics uh, in a bit here. But just, I'd love for you to touch on that a little bit. No, that, that's a great point. And, uh, you know, Pavel Zaka has been, you know, the face of a lot of ridicule from not just people in the hockey world, but, but certainly from Devils fans. Because I, I think the big reason why is because he was drafted higher than Matt Barzell. And you look at what Matt Barzell has been able to do in his short time with the New York Islanders. I think that's part of the problem. And I think people thought that Pavel Zaka was going to be better than he actually is. But I will argue to say that I think part of the reason that Pavel Zaka has not been able to take the next step is primarily because of coaching. His only coach he's ever had in the NHL, other than a Lady Nassar game, was John Hines. And again, I will harp on the fact that John Hines is not the best coach when it comes to developing a system around the players that you have. He's the type of coach that has a system that he is going to implement regardless of who he has on the ice. And so with a guy like Pavel Zaka, you need to have a coach who understands the type of player that Zaka is and what he can be and devise a system and devise, you know, situations for him that are going to put him in the best position to succeed. And you brought it up immediately. He's 22 freaking years old. He's the same age as I am. That shows you how young he really is. And people also want to knock on Jack Hughes for having a piss poor rookie season to some people guess what he's 18 people want to knock on Nico Hishir first I will say this people like to knock on the Devils because they play in New Jersey this is a truth that I don't think enough people talk about this is one of the reasons why people don't give the Devils enough credit but going back to Pavel Zaka he still has the opportunities to become a much better player a guy that can become a top six forward and at worst maybe on the third line but if you have a guy like that who is having that success on your third line, you just become that more of a dangerous team. So I'm a little bit more patient with Pavel Zaka. I would like to see him get a better coach as some of the guys I mentioned before, and I would like to see how he can play from there. But if he still is struggling even with new coaching and the rest of the team seems to be doing better, then maybe you move on. But, but in reality, like you said, he's 22 years old. He still has the opportunity to develop himself, and he has gotten better. He has shown slow progression. You brought up Jake Vertanen. I think that's the perfect, I think that's the perfect comparison right here. And I think if, if you were to tell Devils fans that Pavel Zaka could become and have the same success that Vertanen is having right now, I think Devils fans would take that. I think also you have to add in the combination of just frustration of feeling like the Devils are not getting enough players to come up from their farm system that are NHL ready. And I think that was one of the downfalls of Ray Shearer. I think that he didn't draft well when it came to between the third and seventh rounds. Um, but when he got the higher picks, he certainly hit on some. And I still think Nico and, you know, and, and obviously Jack Hughes will be cornerstones for this team for years to come. Same thing with Blackwood. And, you know, I think Zaka could be a part of that if he gets the right coach that puts him in the best possible position to succeed. Because at the end of the day, no matter what sport you're playing, whether it's hockey or something else, as a coach, you have to put your team in the best possible position to succeed and develop a system 
that is best for the players that you have and not the players that you think you have or that you would want to have, but the players that you have now. So I still think that Devils fans and also hockey fans should take it, should relax a little bit on Pavel Zaka and give him another opportunity with a different coach, a different system, a different style, and go from there. And he's already showing it ever since John Hines got fired. He's been allowed to do some things he wasn't able to do before. And as you can see, he's doing well. And his best trait is how good he is on the face-offs. And I don't think people talk about that too much either. I think he's done a very good job face-off-wise. And I think he has the ability to become a 20-goal scorer if he's developed properly. Neil, I love the passion and man, you, you know, your hockey and, and it's awesome. And you not only follow the New Jersey Devils, as I mentioned uh, prior to asking you that last question, but you follow the league as a whole. And I love that about you because I'm the same way. So let's, let's talk about the, the team that this show is supposed to cover every week, Absolutely. the Minnesota wild. Um, what are your biggest takeaways from this roller coaster of a season for the state of hockey's team? And, and let's start there. Ooh, well, I think the biggest thing that kind of threw me for a loop was when the Wild decided to fire Bruce Boudreaux. Now, I obviously know that Boudreaux has had, you know, kind of like a, um, a thing where he seems to struggle when it comes to, you know, once he's in the playoffs and having success in the postseason. You have to remember that this guy has been able to take several teams, including the Capitals and the Anaheim Ducks, to the playoffs. And he also has taken the Minnesota Wild to the playoffs. So this guy is a solid head coach. Do we really blame him 100% for the fact that, the, that he's never been able to, you know, get far in the playoffs and maybe even get a chance to win a cup? You could blame him a little bit, but not fully. Because sometimes in playoff hockey, things happen. But I think that was probably the biggest thing. Another thing that got me fired up was watching Kevin freaking Fiala this year. This oh, guy yeah. is his first year, first full year as a Minnesota Wild player. And I got to tell you, he seems to really enjoy playing with this team. The play that I always re rewind in my head and I've seen over and over again was that uh, toe-drag goal he scored against the Vancouver Canucks at home. I mean, that was just ridiculous. He has some of the silkiest mitts I have ever seen. This kid is still incredibly young and has a chance to become a franchise cornerstone if new general manager Billy Guerin, you know, continues to you know, make the moves that he's made because, honestly, he has made some really good moves. You know, that Jason Zucker move, albeit, I know Wild fans were really – really, you know, unsure about whether they wanted to let a guy who's been there for so long go. But they had to make that move. And I think it worked out because Alec Alchenyuk has three goals, four assists with the Wild. It's not tremendous numbers, but you can tell that maybe he, that Galchenyuk has finally found a team and, and a place where, you know, he can really develop. And also they got Kaelin Addison and they got a conditional first round pick. So you know, no, well, that, that's the thing. Galchenik wasn't even the main piece in that. He was just right. the icing on the cake to fill in the spot with a chance to right. re-sign. Right. Well, obviously, the Penguins wanted to move on from Alex Galchenyuk because he was not fitting in with their system. So he's used as kind of like a, uh, almost like the icing on the cake, like you said. It's exactly. like, oh, here's Alex Galchenyuk with also these other pieces. And, you can, and it's, as a Wild fan, you can't do nothing but be enthusiastic and positive about that type of move. You sit there and say, hmm. That's pretty impressive considering what, what, uh, what the situation was. And, you know, here's another guy that I think really there, – there's a couple of guys, but I think the guy that I'm really pumped about is Kapo Kakinen, the, the goaltender. The goaltender. I, I, even though he hasn't played that many games, and, I, and unfortunately as a Devils fan, I, wasn't, I had to watch him get a win in his NHL debut in New Jersey, so that wasn't, <laughs> uh, that wasn't great. 
But it was, it was, first of all, it was kind of cool because everybody wanted to talk about Jack Hughes versus Capo Caco, the second overall pick in this past year's draft. But then uh, Steve Cangelosi, who does Devils games on MSG, was like, remember, this guy's name is Capo Cockinet. And I said, huh, it's almost spelled the exact same way. That's pretty cool. I take that. And I liked his name. I think he's a very good goaltender. And you look at you look at what he has been able to do, you know, a 2.96 goals against average, a .913 save percentage. And again, those are not – those are small numbers for the fact that he didn't play that many games. But if you develop him correctly, he could be the guy that could eventually replace Devin Dubnik to be your number one and have this team, you know, continue their youth movement and continue to help them be competitive like they have been. And the prospect that really stands out, and you actually put out – a poll about this a day or two ago was uh, Kirill Kaprizov, okay? Let me just say this about this kid. Holy moly, is this guy good. I mean, 33 goals, 29 assists in 56 games. Oh, and by the way, his teammate last year was Nikita Gusev. I just want to point that out to people. And that team, and let me tell you, I think Kaprizov might have gotten some of that, uh, you know, magic that Gusev has. And he's taken it for himself and has had the season that he has. Now, is he ready for the NHL? Honestly, I think he makes a good argument to make the team going into next season. And I think that he's somebody that Wild fans should really, really pay attention to when the season begins, whenever that is, when the season begins next season. Because I think he's going to be a guy that has the ability and the potential to be a top forward on the team. That's why I gave him a 90-plus rating, because I think he has the ability – once he learns how to play the NHL game, to be just that good. And the, the last thing I'll, I'll say is this. The Wild were one point out of a playoff spot when this whole hiatus started. And people were saying, oh, we should start the playoffs, you know, once the season comes back and everything. And I'm like, but what about a team like the Minnesota Wild, who has 8, 9, 10, 11 games left in the season and has a chance to go to the playoffs? Oh, and by the way, NHL and NBC Sports put out a video on their Twitter where Doc Emmerich was talking about what could have been with some of these teams. And one of the teams he talked about was, oh, what about the team in Minnesota, the hockey cap, you know, the, the hockey capital of, of the United States? What if they ended up making the playoffs and winning a Stanley Cup? And I'm like, see, that's exactly what I'm talking about. The Minnesota Wild were right there. Even with all of the craziness that has happened, they got up to a slow start, but they got things rolling. Even after firing Boudreaux, they seemed to be playing well. They should have been given, they should be given an opportunity to finish out those 8, 9, 10, 11 games and try to make the playoffs. Because I think they probably would have made the playoffs if the season was still going on. I mean, I, I love all those takes again. And, 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 you know, this is some great stuff, especially, you know, talking about Kakanen, um, because I think the entire league doesn't really know much about this prospect. Obviously the Minnesota wild are very, very much taking notes on him, hopefully being the succession plan to a Devin Dubnik, like you mentioned, and you highlighted his numbers in, in only five games in the national hockey league, but man, he had a 92 save percentage down with Iowa and a 2.07 goals against average. So, I mean, this guy played with so much confidence in the national hockey league too. I, I can't wait to see him get a chance uh, to become a regular rotating goalie next year. You talked about Kaprizov again, everyone in the Minnesota wild franchise, because we don't have any blue chip prospects coming up through the the system. A, a few of them now, like Eric Sinek and, and Cunning and Donato, they're all playing with the team. So everyone's looking right. forward uh, for Ka- for, uh, for, for, 
for Kaprizov. And the last thing you mentioned there in regards to the Minnesota Wild going through a ton of trials and tribulations all season and still being where they are in the playoff mix, I think is very, very, uh, very, very valuable and, and, I think it's a great storyline to highlight because like you mentioned, I mean, they lost Zucker. They weren't great coming out of the gate. I mean, it took Zach Parise a little, a little bit to get his feet under him. And then the firing of the coach who, well, let's be honest, Bruce Boudreau, he brings every team to the playoffs. Right. Um, And so uh, with all that in mind, this team was still fighting towards the end. And I know a lot of it can be blamed on schedule. I got into that last week where the Minnesota wild didn't have a great uh, first half schedule and had a very, well, a very home-heavy second half of the season schedule. I think starting the playoffs now with them being one point out of it and them not being allowed to at least close out the season and fight mm. for it in some way just wouldn't be fair. And that's where kind of my conclusion lies. And, you know, if, mm. if we're going to do, uh, I don't know, a made-up Stanley Cup-style tournament or fast-track the end of the season to try to even the playing field, I mean, I, I can't seem... I can't seem to think that any avenue is going to be fair. So my thoughts, and I know you sh- you share these similar thoughts as I read your your uh, contributions to uh, the poll question that I yeah. had last week on the soda pot. I just think they should just cut the losses and, and start fresh um, next yeah. season. But I'm sure we'll get into more of that uh, both on Twitter yeah. and if you come back on the podcast soon. Uh, let's oh. move on here because um, I do want to talk about Miko Koivu and. Uh, yeah. This may actually be the next poll question because uh, you, you brought it to my attention that you think he should be a Hall of Famer. Now, this one's a little bit hard for me as Eric Stahl, for example, is a lock. I mean, he's won a Stanley Cup, 100-point seasons. He's held the torch and, and produced various... Well, he's produced for various subpar Hurricanes teams before departing via trade to the Ranger and then through uh, free agency to the Wild, where he's still producing for this team. He, he led the team in points most of this year. Miko, oh man, he's a different type of player. I get that. And for many years, he was the top center for the Minnesota Wild, but I'm not sure he's in that threshold yeah. of elite. Um, prove me wrong. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, I'm going to be the, the, the main catalyst when it comes to making the case as to why I think Miko Koivu should be a Hall of Famer. First of all, he's Mr. Minnesota Wild, in my opinion. He's played his entire career, basically, with the Minnesota Wild. When you, when you think of Miko Koivu, you think Minnesota Wild. That's just plain and simple. And this man has played over 1,000 games. He reached 1,000 just this past season. He has over 1,000 points. And the, those two things right there – for the fact that the Minnesota Wild are obviously one of those expansion teams, uh, obviously because they took over for the, uh, the North Stars who moved to Dallas, he has been a guy that the Wild fan base has grown to love. I think he'll definitely get his number retired by the Minnesota Wild. Oh, yeah, for sure. Fun. I think he's one of those guys that nobody ever said anything bad about him because he's just a constant professional both on and off the ice. He's a bona fide leader. Everybody enjoys being around him. And I would really love to see him win a Stanley Cup because he's one of those guys you just kind of pull for. He's like a Joe Thornton in a way. You just want to see him win a cup. You really do because he's one of those guys that definitely deserves it. And I would love to see him win a cup in Minnesota. I think seeing the Minnesota Wild win a Stanley Cup period would be a better story, in my opinion, than the St. Louis Blues because you're talking about you, – you, you are basically talking about the, the state of – state of hockey, uh, obviously. You're talking about the hockey capital of the United States, in my opinion, in Minnesota. Hockey is people's lives over there. And to see a guy like Miko Koivu not be able to win a Stanley Cup is, is very frustrating. And, you know, this year, who knows what could have happened this year? The Wild could have made the playoffs and been like the St. Louis Blues just last year where they make this miracle run to the Stanley Cup. 
You know, you never know with these things because that what that's what makes hockey magical, and that's what makes hockey play at the Stanley Cup playoffs just that magical because every year. The, the Stanley Cup playoffs brings out those guys and those teams that you just don't expect, and they end up making noise. And Miko Koivu has done so much good for the Minnesota Wild and for the sport of hockey. And, you know, I, I can't see why people wouldn't give it. Maybe it's because of the fact that he hasn't won a Stanley Cup, and maybe it's also because he plays for the Wild and people don't talk about them as much as they should. But in my opinion – his resume speaks for itself. And if you're the best player in the history of a franchise, then there should be no reason why you should not be in the Hall of Fame. Because in my opinion, every single team in the NHL should have at least one Hall of Famer at some point in their history. Because you'll always look at it and say, who's the best player on so-and-so? And I think when you ask a lot of Wild fans, and, they, and I could be wrong, but in my opinion, if you ask a lot of Wild fans, I think if, they were, if someone would ask, who do they think is the greatest Minnesota Wild player, I think you. I think a lot of people would say Miko Koivu. I think because he's done that much, that has had that much success and has done that much damage in his time playing in Minnesota. I mean, I, I think you'd have to. A lot of people still go back to the Gabbard days, but Gabbard didn't spend, in hindsight, a lot of time with the Minnesota Wild. Sure, right. he was, he's a very exciting player and he won the hearts of, of many of the fans, but even the way he, he kind of left, I mean kind of leaves a little sour taste in your mouth and Koivu just to clarify he's, he's a little bit shy of a thousand points he's played 1028 games he's at 709 points and that's just the that's just the thing like he's just at that threshold and I totally agree I think every franchise should have a player who represents the the hockey hall or represents that franchise in the hockey hall of fame but Miko Koivu he's only had a a season high of 71 points and that was the and that was back in 2009 and 10 and that was actually the only time in his career where he reached the 70 point mark now again it's it's he's a two-way player and it's not his game but I just I don't know just just to be critical and to be to be honest it's going to be hard to see the committee vote him in when he's eligible, but I, I love all your points there. And I yeah. do agree that he is the best Minnesota wild player to, to ever wear that Jersey, which by the way, quickly speak on the Jersey. Cause I know before again, recording, you were saying that you, uh, that's one of the reasons why you follow the wild and, and kind of they're a guilty pleasure of yours because of their Jersey. Yeah, no, I, I, I need to find a way to get a Jersey. Um, you know, I, I would, I would love to get one. I don't care like what player it is. I just, because Adidas really nailed it on the head when it came to the Minnesota Wild. Now, obviously, I think that their away uniforms could have a little bit of work on them, but their home uniforms are dynamite. I love looking at them, um, especially when I see, like, Devin Dubnik's, you know, goalie, you know, set up with, it, with his helmet and the way his pads are. It just looks so clean to me. I think it's one of the more underrated jerseys, especially home jerseys in the NHL. And because, obviously, the Wild are going to be hosting next year's Winter Classic, which I wanted to – Send my congratulations to you guys because I know how big, you know, that is. Um, I'm interested to see what they do. I, I was thinking maybe they bring back a Minnesota North Stars type of style. Oh, it has to be. It has I to think, be. I think it has to be. I think, I think there's no question about it. You're talking about a winter classic. We got to go back to the North Stars days. But, yeah, I got to find a way, some way possible to, uh, to get myself a wild jersey because uh, that, that would be great. That would be a great thing to add to my collection. Well, I'll tell you, man, go to coolhockey.com slash THPN, type in the promo code 35% off, and all you listeners, do that as well. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I also know I also know that the hockey I also know the hockey pot is doing a uh, contest, so I'm hoping maybe uh, I'm the winner of that. You know, fingers crossed. 
<laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. You can enter um, by, well, I guess all the rules are there. We won't jump into it here. Right, right. Um, I have another question in regards to the Minnesota Wild here. Oh. Uh, what, what are the two most notable unsung heroes in your mind uh, that, have, that have come out for the Minnesota Wild this year? In my opinion, it's Marcus Foligno and Ryan Suter. I mean, Suter's having one of the, well, he had one of the best uh, seasons of his career offensively, particularly in assists. And Foligno, let's be honest, he made a name for himself as a matchup player that no team wanted any part of. I mean, he crushed people with ease like he was a super saint out there or something. And forgive my Dragon Ball Z reference, Minnesota fans, I finally, in isolation, have had time to crush the entire series. So it's pretty fresh in my mind. <laughs> hey, y'all. That's a good, hey, man, that's, that's a good show to watch. I, I, um, I'm friends with uh, what they call Toonami Squad, and they're very big on... Uh, big on that so nice, uh, you nice. know, I'm, I'm glad you're joining that all right so two unsung heroes who, who do you think i mean uh, you can i mean if you think they're the same that i offered then please uh speak to what makes them so special in your eyes but if you have two two other players that you want to highlight then uh, i'd love to hear it yeah well I, I have two different ones uh first one to me is ryan donato uh 14 goals nine assists i mean it's not like he's not blowing things you know out of the water but you know when he came over in the trade um, last season, uh, not this past season, but the year before, um, you know, a lot of people were kind of surprised. The first time I saw Ryan Donato play was in the Olympics before he became an NHL player. And, you know, he was really good. And I said, hmm, he, you know, this kid has the makings to be a very, very solid, very talented player in the National Hockey League. And he proved that a little bit when he was with the Bruins. And then when he came to Minnesota, he got off to a little bit of a slow start, you know, obviously with a new team and a new place trying to figure it out. This year, pretty much having his first full year, I got to say, he's taken that next step to becoming a guy that could be a bottom six towards the top of that bottom six, you know, forward line. So, yeah, I mean, if, if he continues to develop and progress the way he's been, this guy could really be a good player to have for the next couple of years in Minnesota. And another guy, which uh, I've harped on before, and I'll say it again, has to be Kevin Fiala. 23 goals, 31 assists. First full year with Minnesota. I mean, you're talking about two guys right here, Donato and Fiala, who came over just this past season, well, the season before. And now this, full, this season is their first full year. They have embraced being on this team. They enjoy being on this team. And they're having a lot of success. And Kevin Fiala has just been a guy that you could really make and, and promote to be the future of this team. Because I think if you're a Wild fan, you've got to be excited with the dynamic you know, talent that this, this guy has. I mean, this guy is everything you wanted more in a goal scorer and a guy that can really, really help you in every aspect of the game. So Ryan Donato and Kevin Fiala are the two guys that were kind of like the unsung heroes. I do like, I really do like your uh, analysis on Ryan Suter because, yes, I think that he is he had his best season that I've, I've seen. Um, I think Zach Parise also seems to have gotten a little bit of revival. And as a result, you saw that he nearly got traded to the New York Islanders, and I was – kind of expecting him to go. And I would have given um, Bill Guerin a lot of credit if he had found a way to actually get that contract off the books from the Wild. But, you know, guys like that were the guys that I think really stepped up this year for the Wild. And I think that they were going to be big reasons why not only A, that the Wild got into the playoffs, but B, that they were going to have a good amount of success in the postseason. Well, absolutely. I mean, you talk about Parise. He had a slow start, and he still put up 25 goals and led this team in goals. So, I mean, that, yeah. that's crazy. We already talked a little bit about Kevin Fiala, but one thing I do want to highlight about Ryan Donato is he wasn't Boudreaux's guy. So when Boudreaux was with this team, he was, if given any minutes at all, was given very limited minutes, and he still 
found ways to produce. Is he the best two-way player? Is he the best skater? No, but he has that talented shoot-first mentality, and he can put the puck in the net. 14 goals, again, limited minutes in 62 games played. I, I, I strongly, you know... I strongly feel that if he's given some more rope next season, if he's still with this team, that this guy could very, very much thrive, especially in like a a power play role and a power play specialist, just, you know, picking a spot and having a a Kevin Fiala, you know, move the puck around, move the play around and find some open space uh, to get that puck to Donato to fire it off. So I really like those, uh, those picks, man. I I think, man, like you have such a great hockey mind for being a New Jersey guy and a New Jersey fan. I mean, you're, you're, you're highlighting things in regards to the Minnesota Wild that I think a lot of, that are going to make a lot of fans, you know, think, huh, like, you know what, that, that's, that's true. That, that's an angle that I didn't really think of before. So, so uh, thanks for that. And folks, we're joined by Neil Villapiano. Oh, now I'm going to mess up your last name. <laughs> Neil Villapiano of ESPN 610 and the MoFoBo Network. You can give him a follow at the NVP show on Twitter. Neil, you chimed in on our at the Soda Pod weekly poll question, which asks listeners if the Stanley Cup should be awarded in 2020. Um, would you care to elaborate now that I that I have you on the podcast? Yeah, no, I mean that's you know it's it's a very interesting question because uh you know Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL, had said about two days ago that that really he just doesn't see anytime soon that the NHL could come back. I mean it, it's really a difficult situation because we just don't know how close we are to really killing off this unfortunate situation with COVID-19. So people have been talking about, well, you know, should we just award it to the best team in the league? And it's like, why do that? All these other teams work so hard to get to where they are. And it, it's not confirmed as to who was going to get in the playoffs. It would have been different if the season had ended, the regular season ended, and then we had this pause because then we could say, all right, let's just throw in these and just, you know, we'll go from there. But even then, it's still not fair. And I understand that we're in an unfair situation, but that, does, but that should not be an excuse. The reality is that nobody should be rewarded. Did anybody reward the Stanley Cup in 2005 when there was a player strike? No. And this is the same thing that we're dealing with right now. If you have to cancel the rest of the season and move forward going into the 2021 season, you know what? That's tough. And, that, and if people want to have a problem with it, you know, that's, their, that's their opinion and they can stick to it as much as they want. But no. I don't think anybody should be awarded the Stanley Cup because you know what? Nobody is, nobody is good enough and nobody has done enough, in my opinion, to earn it throughout the regular season. I mean, if that was the case, the Washington Capitals would have about six or seven Stanley <laughs> Cup considering the amount of damage they do in the regular season. And you know what? The Tampa Bay Lightning would have been two-time in a row Stanley Cup champions the past two years considering the type of things that they do. But, hey Amen. The Canucks too, 2011, 2012. Hey, the Sedins would have two. <laughs> right, of course, of course, the you know we wouldn't you know the the city of Vancouver would not be burning down to the ground every other year. So, <laughs> I was you know, there, believe it or not, but that's a story for another day. Of course, but the reality is that no, nobody should be rewarded the Stanley Cup. And if it comes to the point where you have to cancel the season, cancel it. Just stop. Move forward. Understand that everyone's health and every else like that is much more important than the sport of hockey the sport of hockey will survive okay the nhl is going to survive this no matter what it is not going to die unfortunately we've already had a sports league like the xfl go under but the nhl is a lot further along in sports than most than a, than a lot of other leagues so they're going to be fine and everybody every hockey fan can sit there and agree that not giving a Stanley Cup champion is much better than trying to force somebody to have the Stanley Cup just so that we could have it for the record box. It's unfair. It's unjust. 
and there's too many teams that are still fighting for a freaking playoff spot that would have a lot to say about it, including Minnesota Wild fans, in my opinion. Yeah, and you, you know my, my point of view on it, just based on listening to the Soda Pod. I think last week's episode, I went off a little bit about it. And then I, I kind of answered everybody on uh, the poll question who chimed in on it as well. And my thoughts are kind of from a player's point of view, like, do you want to win a cup with an asterisk behind it? Like, honestly, I mean, it's going to feel good and you're going to feel accomplished because you won hockey games. Don't get me wrong. But it's not the same. You didn't go through that grind. I mean, the Stanley Cup playoffs is the second season. It's the best playoffs in all professional sports. Right. It's the hardest cup championship to win. I mean, ask any NBA player, ask any NFL player. They will tell you that based off of, you know, talking to these players, watching the sport, knowing what it's like to prepare yourself as a professional athlete. And I know you have to follow the money, but the National Hockey League, they already have their TV deal in place. They're not getting extra dollars from more view, more viewers, which obviously if they if hockey resumed, the, the viewership would be through the roof, but the NHL is not necessarily going to make a lot of money from it. So from those two perspectives and based on everything that you provided, I'd have to agree. I think, right. you know, it's an entertainment business and it sucks for the players who've worked so hard all season, especially those of the Minnesota wild who are like, damn man, like I just, I want to play those last games. I want to feel like I either deserved a spot or, or didn't, but at the end of the day, and this may come out harsh. And, mm-hmm. and I did mention this on last week's podcast as well. It's a, it's a business of entertainment. And throughout the season, I know the players work to get into the playoffs, but the players are working to entertain the fans. And that's where their dollars come from in regards to, yeah. to their contracts. So it's, yeah. it's a weird pill to swallow, but I, I strongly believe that that's the case. Now, recently, Sportsnet broke a story suggesting that when this COVID outbreak is a little bit more under control, that the National Hockey League may resume play in an isolated spot. Sportsnet right. mentioned North Dakota as being a p- potential destination, and TSN followed up also reporting uh, that smaller towns in Saskatchewan, um, Canada are also in consideration. Um, not to dive into this too much, but what was your reaction to this news? And do you think it's even a, a possible or, or, and I, I guess I already know the answer to this worth it. Um, the answer to that question is simply no, it's, it's not worth it. I mean, look, the only reason that this is even being brought up is because you have to remember that sports nowadays, particularly progressive sports, it's a business and people want to make as much money as they possibly can. And because the economy right now is in dire straits, both, both in the United States and in Canada to extent, you, people are trying to find ways to continue to try to keep their product going, even if it means putting these players at risk, because guess what? Even if these players right now are in isolation we don't know who they've been around. We don't. We haven't tested every person on this planet. We don't know who has or who doesn't have COVID-19. We don't know. We also don't know how it's fully spread. That's another thing we have to remember. So the, the decision to possibly make games happen in North Dakota and Saskatchewan and other places like that is not a good idea because, yes, are they places with very little cases of COVID-19? Of course. But if you bring that many people to one place, What's going to be the most likely situation? They're going to end up getting more cases because there's going to be people from other places in the country and in the world that are going to be affected. You have to also remember, there are a handful of players that went back to their countries. They didn't just stay in the United States. They went back to you know Russia and Sweden and places like that. So we, we don't know what, what these guys are, you know, what these guys are carrying. So no, I, I don't think it's a good idea. I still believe that the NHL will probably end up coming to the conclusion that they can't move. They can't do anything. I think they're going to wait till the national basketball association makes their decision because I know that the commissioner of the NBA, Adam Silver said that they're not going to make any big decisions until May 1st. So really we have to wait till May 1st before anything really changes. If the NBA decides we're going to cancel the rest of the season, 
most likely the NHL will follow suit and say, we got to do the same thing. And it'll just be, you know, a consistent, you know, reaction and following that other leagues will do. So no, I I don't think it's a good idea. I think it's a very bad idea. I think it's a, a huge health risk. And I think the NHL should stay put where they are, stay patient, and, real, and recognize the fact that things will get better and we will get back to normal. And the NHL season, whether it's continuing this year or just jumping into next season, will happen whether it's, whether it's in the next month or two or it's in the next six months. We don't know. We just have to remain patient and move forward from there. I just know, I know that Gary Bettman doesn't like to, to lose control, but in a situation like this, you just kind of have to play it by ear every day and take into account what other professional sports leagues are doing. Like you said, uh, like, like the national basketball association and, and even, you know, to, to a lesser extent, the NFL, I know they're, they're planning to start a little bit later, but I can't imagine that the NFL is going to just start normally um, either. What, one last thing I want to mention though, in regards to like the small towns and I commented this on Twitter um, as well, engaging with some of the listeners who were uh, commenting on the poll question for, for these small towns, usually not usually an opportunity for the NHL to come and put on a showcase or play games. Uh, there is an opportunity economically for the small towns. In this case, they're not bringing in fans, just the players. So how, how would these towns even benefit? It's more of a risk to just rural Saskatchewan, North Dakota, bringing in all these people when the town itself isn't going to make any local uh, yeah. money. It's not going to be good for them you know, economically. I mean, sure, maybe the Super 8 in, in, Saskatch- in lowly Saskatchewan will yeah. make a good buck, but, let, but let's be honest here, Neil. Like, it, it just doesn't seem like it's a good idea for, for either party. Um, no, it, co- it's not. And, you know, it's just it, – it, it's not going to benefit – like, you're not going to make that much money off of this because, again, the fans are a big reason that the NHL makes the money that it does. Now, will their TV ratings go up? Probably because you'll have everybody watching – but at the same time, you know, you're, you're missing out on a big chunk of money by people not being there. And you trying to force this to happen when you could possibly get COVID-19 from sweat droplets is just a very bad health risk. And the NHL should just stay put and Gary Bettman should just relax and just let things go where they may. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just fun, uh, a couple of questions here before yeah. we end off here, Neil. And again, thank, thank you for your time. This has been outstanding. Um, you've, you've given me more than I even uh, asked for. So I absolutely love it. And I can't wait to bring you on the show again. Because like I said, man, we could talk probably for hours about sports, <laughs> about hockey, about food. You got to send me some of those Italian recipes after we get off. But anyways, <laughs> you brought this to my attention when we were prepping here. Uh, you, you told me you wanted to talk about what we have to look forward to in the next few, month, few months. Now, it hit me today, man. There's no National Hockey League playoffs. I mean, my spring routine... I feel like just like today it all hit me and, it, and it's compromised and I, and I actually felt, I don't know, a little bit of sense of loss, I, I suppose, but with so much uncertainty, the NHL draft show, for example, free agency, et cetera, and little to no sports on the horizon. I mean, what is there to look forward to other than survivor every Wednesday night? <laughs> no, that, that's a, that's a very good question. And I'm going to be speaking uh, not just for, for hockey fans, but sports fans in general. Look, it's, it's a difficult time because we haven't had a live sporting event in, in about a month now. It's been pretty much a month. Um, what, what a lot of sports teams and, and sports in general have done that's really great is showing old games, uh, doing video game simulations. I know uh, I've been watching the Devils, uh, you know, playing on NHL 20, which has been great. Actually, funny enough, their only loss on the simulation was a road game that they lost to, of all teams, the Minnesota Wild in overtime. So that was... Uh, very fitting. Very fitting for this very, segment. Very, <laughs> fitting, very fitting that it happened that way. But, um, 
you know, look, teams are trying their best to keep fans entertained because they know that they're, you know, in isolation and they're stuck in the house and they can't go out and do anything other than get their essentials like groceries and medication and things like that. But we have to just accept the fact that this is the new norm right now and things will eventually get back to normal at some point. It may not be now. It may not be in three months from now. Who knows? We just have to take things like I do one day at a time. You know, John, John Wooden, the legendary basketball coach from UCLA, he once said that you're, you're supposed to make every day your masterpiece. And so you, the, the main thing from that is to take every day as a blessing and to make the best of it. You know, even if you're not feeling great, if you can accomplish one thing throughout the day, whatever that, ki- whatever that accomplishment is, you will have had a successful day and you'll get through the day as well because, you know, these weeks, especially with being in the house all day, they go by very quickly and, they're, and you know, before you guys realize it, we'll be back to watching the Stanley Cup playoffs, we'll be back to watching hockey and other sports like that and things will be okay. Right now, we just have to listen to our health professionals, do the right thing, stay indoors, you know, stay in shape, whatever you got to do, and just take things one day at a time. If you do that, things are going to be fine. We're going to get more and more positive results, and we're going to end up beating this thing a lot sooner rather than later. Man, couldn't, couldn't have said it better myself. Those are some wise words from Coach and, uh, and from you for highlighting to them. So I thank you. And before we wrap up here, Neil, yeah. tell us more about your podcast and your budding YouTube content, MoFobo Network. I mean, it's unbelievable stuff. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So yeah, uh, I started the MoFobo uh, Network basically a couple weeks ago when we really kind of started getting into the whole quarantine situation. And I, I have a YouTube channel and a podcast. They're both about talking about the, uh, the crazy wide world of sports. I've talked about a handful of different things, you know, sports adjusting to the COVID-19 pandemic. We've talked about some NFL free agency. We've just talked about on, on a recent episode of the podcast about the, um, about the, the new uh, Basketball Hall of Fame class. Uh, we talk, I actually just had a guest on earlier today on a new episode that's, that, was at, that just came out about two hours ago. We talked about uh, English Premier League soccer, so that's – pretty big but yeah it's just talking about anything everything that has to do with sports and uh you know you guys can uh, follow like and subscribe uh you go to anchor.fm or you go to uh wherever they sell podcasts on google and apple and everything like that you type in my name neil villa piano or the mofobo network podcast you will find it and you can subscribe and listen to it you could also like and subscribe to the youtube channel as well we got a bunch of stuff coming i'll have a video in a couple of days. And also just a, just another quick plug here. Um, I have uh, my first ever written book that's being sold on amazon.com called J E T S pain, 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 which is about the pain and suffering of being a New York football jets fan. So if you're interested in it, if you're a sports fan, football fan, jets fan, whatever, if you know somebody that's great, go check out that book, go read it. Let me know what you think. Um, and I, uh, I would love to hear feedback because I always want to put out the best content that I can for, uh, for everybody out there. Neil, you cease to amaze me. You're a writer too, man. Send me the links to all of this. I mean, I have your podcast and YouTube channel. I've already subscribed to them and already a listener. So I will share all of that from my personal account in the soda pod, but send me the links to your book, man. I'm a hundred percent going to order a copy and I'll help plug the shit out of that. This has been truly outstanding, man. The passion that you have for sports broadcasting and just talking about them. It's unbelievable. Again, I, 
I, we've only connected through, you know, Twitter and social media prior to, to bringing you on the soda pod. Right. And I have to say, man, you've, you've surprised me with just how amazing this, uh, well, this, this segment and this guest hit has gone. And honestly, from myself again here at the Soda Pod and all of us working behind the scenes at the Hockey Podcast Network, we want to say thank you. You show so much support for this network. It, it's truly unbelievable. From sharing our posts to commenting on poll questions and just to listening to our content, you're a good man, sir. You're wise and words cannot describe our appreciation again. So we're out of time here today, but again, thank you for all of yours. Um, I hope to get you back on the, the podcast yeah. soon, Neil, because it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, well, Isha, look, I really appreciate the fact that you, you have given me this opportunity to come on. You know, at, uh, you know it, it's, really, it's really a special thing for me to uh, come on and talk about hockey. I don't, I don't get as much time as I probably would like to to come on and discuss about hockey and just other teams other than the teams that I cheer for. And, and uh, you know, it's great. It, it's great. I, I had a lot of fun talking with you. Um, you know, look, I would love to have you come on my podcast as soon as possible. So, you know, if you, you know, just let me know as soon as you can, when you're available, we could get you on easily and uh, you could be a guest on there. We could talk a little bit more, more hockey as well. And uh, you know, yeah, but thank you very much for uh, having me on today. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, more tweets I'm looking forward to more episodes from, from the, the uh, Soda Pod and, and also from all the podcasts out there. And uh, look, hey, if anybody else on any of these other podcasts wants to have me on, I am more than happy to come on and talk about whatever team there is because, you know, I got, uh, you know, I have my own opinions on these teams and uh, I will do my very best. And uh, I'm also looking forward to seeing who wins that uh, $100 gift card as well. I'm kind of interested to see who wins that. Awesome, man. Hey, anytime you want me to jump on your show, we'll, we'll talk after this and we'll set it up. And I will absolutely pass on your information to all the hosts on the network. I'm sure the boys at Stick and Rink, I know you're a fan of them, will have yeah. you on. And you, and you, you better believe that that's going to be a, a fucking hoot, to put it yeah, lightly. No. So, so again, Neil, awesome. thanks a lot, buddy. And uh, yeah, anytime you want to jump back here on the Soda Pod, the keys to the castle are yours. Appreciate it, man. Looking forward, looking forward to the future. Big thanks again to Neil Villapiano. Man, we, we could talk sports and hockey all day. Can't wait to bring him back on the podcast. And hmm, maybe you'll hear from him more in Season 2 on the Hockey Podcast Network. We'll talk more about that on a later date. Man, this has been a, a long-ass episode, so i got to wrap it up quickly here. This, the Soda Pod's weekly poll question at the Soda Pod is Miko Koivu a Hall of Famer? It's funny because at Steve underscore Dangle on, on Twitter... He asked, who's the greatest defensive forward who didn't put up Hall of Fame numbers but were still awesome? And uh, and it's funny because obviously he's referring to a past player, but one of uh, the Minnesota Wild Twitter regular uh, users... Sorry, I right off the top of my name, man. I don't have the tweet in front of me. I, I, can't, uh, I can't think of your handle. But someone who I see regularly on Twitter uh, just commented, Meek, was it Zeke? I don't know. Anyways, it was Miko Koivu, and that kind of that, along with Neil making an argument, as you heard in uh, in that hit that we just had with him, is Miko Koivu a Hall of Famer? Right now, we have early early results, but we're getting uh, we're getting some activity and some comments as well, which is nice. Um, <laughs> no runs away with it right now at eighty three percent, and yes, at sixteen. Matt Schultz at MGSSMU replied, never had higher than 72 points, highest goal total was 22, never made it to a conference final, it's not the Hall of Pretty Good Players, it's the Hall of Fame. Uh, look, Matt, I, I tend to agree 100%. 
Um, the only argument that holds any weight, in my opinion, that, that can be argued for him being a Hall of Famer is his games played and his two-way forward style that's hard for general fans, even perhaps the Hall of Fame committee, to, to analyze. But again, I just don't think he's at that elite threshold. Uh, Andy Hammond at Captain Tenniel on Twitter. He's a co-host of the Broadway Boys podcast, which is unbelievable, covering all things New York Rangers for the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, Andy and Papa Wales, James Whalen, they're they're fucking awesome. So go check out their podcast. Also part of the Morning Skate crew, which if you don't know Ked, man, you ain't living. But anyways, uh, Andy comments that uh, he doesn't get enough love for his two-way play and should have probably won the Selkie in 16-17. If he stayed healthier throughout his career, he may have had m- more 60-70 point seasons to help his case. A lack of hardware also hurts as unfair as that may be. Falls just short, in my opinion. I mean, Andy, I agree with everything you said there, man. Um, can't wait to see uh, more results and dive into this poll question more next week. I'll quickly double back to last week's poll question just because, holy shit, did we have a lot of uh, a lot of votes and uh, and a lot of action. And I know we're running we're running out of time. Well, we're way over time here, but fuck it. It's my show, my show, my show. Um, last week's poll question was, should the NHL award a Stanley Cup in 2020? Uh, no was the astronomical win at 71%. Uh, Shane Van Nuys said, I'd like it if there was a playoffs where they award a cup at the end. It's not going to be 100% fair to everyone, but sometimes everything doesn't work out perfectly. I could argue it's unfair to the top teams if they don't award a cup. I mean, Valid, valid there, 100%. The man knows is known as Wags at WaggyGoob16, a co-host of the Blue Notes podcast covering the St. Louis Blues here at the Hockey Podcast Network. He says, no way you can award a trophy like that based off an incomplete season. It sucks, but I want a champion determined through play, not points from part of the season. Agree wholeheartedly, sir. Mike at Mitchelson or. Yeah, sorry, Mike. At Mitchelson21. Um, man, a lot of action from our friends at the Hockey Podcast Network here. Thank you very much. He hosts the Bolts broadcast. You guessed it, covering the Tampa Bay Lightning on the Hockey Podcast Network. He says, I voted no. I think it would be a joke to award a cup if the, team don't, if the teams don't battle for it. If they find a way to do a fair and competitive playoff in the little time, they may not even have the... Sh- they may not even have then sure lord stanley can be awarded but if it's a four team playoff i hate that the asterisks on the 2020 cup would would forever be highlighted too mike uh dan bradley friend of the show go check out his hit on the soda pod uh it was a few episodes ago he says unless they start the playoffs immediately when the when hockey returns and shorten playoff series to best of three Better just not award a cup this year. Just a reminder, was not awarded in 1919 due to the Spanish flu. It's not unprecedented. And at Mullets Vox DB, you know my thoughts on it. I, I agree as well. Neil, of course, chimed in. No, because you can't really give uh, a convincing argument for any team. Plus, their team is just a few points out of the playoff picture, so the landscape couldn't have could have changed multiple times in the last eight to ten games. Also, the games are too unpredictable to know who would win. Uh, Zepper at R-H-E-T-T Zepper on Twitter a contributor to the 10,000 Takes Networks, so go check them out after so long of a break I don't feel uh, all the players will be in, the, be in playoff shape who's to say all teams would be the team they were before, I don't feel it would be a legitimate res- representation of who actually deserves to win this year agree with all your points uh, Sportsman Nate 
Uh, no, the team that would have made the playoffs should have a tournament bracket finish. No fans needed. Hey, if they can make it work like that, like I told you, buddy, I'm going to watch it. At four sticks underscore Nate. Um, and just two more here, ladies and gentlemen. I want to give everyone credit because everyone did take the time to actually make a, a great response. And there aren't there aren't too, too many. Uh, Gone Puck Wild at FS Gone Puck Wild. I can't see a way that the Stanley Cup gets awarded this season without drastically impacting the schedule for next season. Close operations... Close operations till next season. Allow people who have tickets to get refunds rather than hold that cash captive. I don't think next week or next year's schedule would be compromised a hundred percent, or not as much as, as you think. It definitely would be pushed forward, but kind of similar to what what an Olympic break would do to a season. Uh, and finally, state of hockey at state of or it's not state of hockey, state of hoppy. I fucking love that here on the Soda Pod, bud. At state of hoppy. Entirely dependent on what they can play and when they can play again. I think there are definitely scenarios where it could make sense, but until we know potential teams' return dates, we're all just yelling into a void. And I think that uh, that caps off this segment perfectly. Thanks to everyone who participated on the poll question this week. Thanks to everyone who's listening to the Soda Pod and who've well supported us all year. Episode 54. That is awesome. Thanks to everyone tuning in on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever podcast app you use. The best thing you can do for us this week, besides jumping on Patreon and donating as little as $1 to all the hosts, patreon.com slash the hockey podcast network the best thing you do is to give us five stars and a kind review or any type of review on itunes and apple podcast uh, go listen through our website the hockey podcast network.com and on your app download the episode before you listen as it just helps our business uh, don't forget to follow myself at vi sports talk the soda pod at the soda pod and of course especially if you want to get into some contests at hockey pod net signing off I'm Isha Dromi. This has been the Soda Pod presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Don't fear, just drink some beer and stay wild.